Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Heart of Purpose Podcast. I'm Desiree Stigfried, and I am so excited to have you guys. I have missed you. (laughs) I just love all the DMs, the messages, and I just want you to know that you are so, so loved. You are so appreciated, and I am so grateful to be able to connect with you here on Instagram, in my email, all the things. If you need prayer right now, please don't hesitate to email me and I would love to be able to pray with you. If you need anything at all, any encouragement, please, please, please don't hesitate. And don't forget to follow Heart of Purpose podcast on Instagram so that you can catch all the latest episodes and just some fun little graphics and some encouragement so that you know, you're not just scrolling and getting a bunch of bad news. <laughs> well, welcome. Today I have an incredible guest. Her name is Ruth Cho Simons, and she is an author. She is a beautiful artist. And, you know, she has lived some life and has incredible insight to share when it comes to striving, when it comes to trusting God. And we go through every season of life. So no matter what you're going through right now, this episode is going to encourage you. It's going to uplift you. And I just know that it is going to be for you today. And so welcome and enjoy. Thank you, Ruth, for joining me today on the podcast. How are you doing? I'm doing well. I'm glad to be here. Thanks for having me. Good. Of course, I'm so excited to chat about your book, but also all the things that God has done in your life and that you're doing to kind of bring hope and encouragement to other people. First, I always want to go back. I always go back to the beginning with people because I think that's so important and it's such a key element into what you're doing now. So let's talk a little bit about Grace Laced. So you do absolutely beautiful artwork. I love the watercolor. It's just so beautiful. And that really goes into your writing, but how did it all begin and what inspired you to start Grace Lace? Because it started as a blog, but has led into a full-blown ministry. Thanks. That's so fun to be asked that question. Yeah. So I'm Ruth Jo Simons. I'm the founder of gracelace.com, which is now a lifestyle brand of a lot of beautiful stationery products, art products, um, products for every day with my artwork on it, always content driven and always content based, helping us to turn our attention to the beauty and the truth of God's word when we're easily distracted by everything else. Um, and, you know, years ago, I'm a mom to six boys. I don't know if you know that. Um, oh my gosh, I didn't know that. Is, yeah, my oldest is 19 and my youngest is eight. And years ago in the throes of early motherhood, um, like a lot of other sisters out there, I think there's a season sometimes when you're mm-hmm. like, I'm wondering if my ship has passed me by. I'm literally just picking up Legos on the floor all the time and changing diapers. I mean, seriously, I, I know how to paint. I know how to write. Why am I, why are other people getting famous doing something that I want to be doing? And you wonder like, oh my goodness, I'll never get there. And so I'm just here to encourage you. And I love that you asked the start from the beginning kind of question because, um, you know, I'm turning 46 in a week and the <laughs> Lord um, really saw fit to give me a lot of hidden years, years that I was not under the spotlight. I wasn't public and doing a lot of the work that you see me doing now, but I did behind the scenes. And I spent many years writing on a blog called Grace Laced and it wasn't so that I could make money from it. I wasn't trying to get viral. I wasn't trying to catch publishers' attention. I was seriously just trying to learn how God's grace intersected my daily life, the daily life that didn't look quite like what I expected or wanted it to look. It, it was a life that um, wasn't as adventurous as teaching English overseas or wasn't as um, 
dynamic as being known on social media or on stage. I was a pastor's wife and I was in the local church and spending a lot of time counseling young women um, after the babies went to bed. And that was something that was never showing up on Facebook or Instagram. And um, the Lord really grew me in that season. So I wrote about it. I wrote about how God was intersecting grace and my everyday, very mundane, normal life. And years later, um, through the magic of Instagram and lots of things that gave me an opportunity to just keep on doing. It. I mean, I remember, Desiree, I remember seriously having years where I wrote faithfully, even if only five people read my blog posts. And so um, it was years later that I was painting a little bit and writing a little bit on social media. And that kind of took off. And before long, I was really known for partnering artwork with some devotional thoughts. And that turned into um, the platform in which my first book, Grace Laced, was published in 2017. And so since then, I've released several books and um, have just felt really honored to be able to share my story in this season of life with my kids, um, not needing me quite as much. As <laughs> it, so, yeah, I'm so glad you shared because I mean, I'm in the season of life you're talking about with two <sighs> boys and I know so many people listening are also in that season. And I experienced a lot of the same um, feelings as you, like maybe it's being a creative, you're kind of, sure. you feel like, Oh no, like, where did I go? You know, yeah. I have so much to offer. Right. And you know, Esther kept coming into mind of like, I was born for this moment to be a mother in this moment, and yes. then it will pass and I, there will be another moment. So I love that yes. your message is all about grace because even in the motherhood, like early stages of motherhood, we are striving without even realizing it. I believe to totally. like, yeah. just trying to have it together or trying to, um, feel like we have it together. Um, and God's grace is right there, ready to just uplift us. So let's talk a little bit about your book then, because that kind of, I think this message resonates with everyone, especially now since 2020 and everyone feeling the impact of isolation, the impact of transition, but what truly inspired you to write this book when striving sees yeah. You know, um, like I said, I founded a company called Grace Laced and I've really never told the story of why grace is the cornerstone of my life and ministry. And, you know, I think it's interesting how these days we see, we're so used to the word grace. It's on mugs. We say, we say, give yourself a little grace. We usually put some grace filled message on our <laughs> walls and it's pretty and it's all, it's all good. But I think as believers, I look around and I go, why are we the bearers of the best news in the world? But we kind of go around acting like we're not enough. We struggle. We feel like we're lacking. We live in a social media age where we're kind of constantly measuring ourselves according to how others measure themselves. And so that all comes into this feeling of like, wow, if Jesus is enough, why do I still act like I'm not, and I'm constantly like missing something. Well, you know, I tell the story ultimately about how I was raised between two worlds. I'm Asian American. I was born in Taiwan and um, immigrated to the U.S., obviously with two worlds competing against one another, you know, one with a lot of emphasis on achievement and performance, but quite frankly, you don't have to be Asian. You can just get on Instagram and you can feel very easily the weight of a Western perspective of 
look this way, act this way, be fast, be faster than anyone else, be better than everybody else. Um, and the truth is, there's a reason why self-help books are the number one books on all our shelves, because we are constantly looking for the formula for how we can do our lives better, be our best selves, reach our goals, and not miss a beat. And so the, the truth is, I'm not warring against self-improvement necessarily. I'm not even worrying against having tools to get more organized, clean out your pantry or, uh, you know, make plans. That's not what I'm worrying against. I'm worrying against believers missing the goal of the gospel, missing the part where God says, you will never be enough, but Jesus is. And so in that, you can slay your strivings down. And I, if, if I can just take a minute and just define what I think striving really is. Whether you're a young mama or you are um, new on a job and you're a CEO, or if you are just trying to use your giftings in your local church, wherever you are in life, striving in our own strength. Basically, I like to define it as kind of being anxiously, just anxiously toiling and trying to manipulate your life or your circumstances or yourself so that you can achieve or acquire something you don't quite trust God for. Mm. So think about that. Think about maybe wanting friends maybe wanting approval, maybe wanting other people to think that you're a good mom, maybe wanting your kids to be well-behaved, maybe wanting belonging, affirmation, friendship, love to be seen and known. Those are all good things. But when we don't trust God for that, we will be anxious in trying to like orchestrate our lives, control how other people think of us. And we will strive to be known and to be received and loved in a way that we're trying to acquire something that we don't trust God to give us. It's so good. It's so true. I went through this lesson, but in a different way as an entrepreneur, Um, not necessarily on, you know, a personal level, but on a business level. And I learned quickly through the years, like I didn't even know this is where it's also like, you don't even know that you're striving until you finally surrender and be like, God, it's not working because usually the striving does not work. And the moment I was like, I don't know what's going on. It was almost like, he's like, finally, you're looking to me, you know, like, right. and he told me to do things differently. And so I've made those shifts, but it's funny how in your head, you think something's going to work so well. And he only knows the right way and the right. Well, And the difference is it's not that the opposite of striving is that we just sit back and we don't get up and we don't do our podcast interviews or we don't clear our inboxes and respond to email. No, it's that we do it because we, from a place of love and because we've received grace, not so that we can earn grace, not so that we can earn favor. And so I think, you know, my heartbeat is that I feel like women are so exhausted and I'm, I'm somebody who regularly finds myself needing to preach this to my own heart. Right. But we're so exhausted because I think, like you said, striving isn't working. And so what we're doing is we're going around and around trying to gain something, whatever it is, you know, all those things that I just listed, but we're trying to gain that approval or gain that favor or gain that sense of satisfaction or self-worth by our own means, by trying to be the best, fastest, smartest, prettiest, more noticed, whatever it is. And um, no matter how many books you read and how many tools you sign up for, It just isn't working because we were never meant to find our identities and find our satisfaction in self-improvement. 
Amen. And I think there's kind of a detrimental message within self-improvement. Like you said, there's healthy ways to pursue self-improvement, but how have you seen this whole society and this whole generation be impacted by the idea of self-improvement? So I think that's also a very deceiving message for believers that are kind of being entrapped in it. Um, believing that we can do things ourselves because the whole mantra of this entire generation is you can do it. You are enough, you know? So it's very hard. I I also want to say for like maybe either new Christians or the young, young girls who are Mm -hmm. struggling with those emotions. Right. It's very conflicting because I think if we're honest, sometimes we don't live out of our core beliefs or sometimes we do and our core beliefs are wrong. And so the thing is we are, our actions will always follow what we, what's really informing us. You know, that's actually the truth. Like that's really going to happen. And so if you're constantly filled with the message that you're the only person who can make yourself happy. You have to be the hero of your own life. You need to orchestrate the circumstances to get ahead. The truth is that's a lot of pressure to get everything right and to be perfect. And I think if we look at it biblically, the entirety of the redemption story is God telling all people, Mm -hmm. you can try and try and try to be perfect, but you simply will never be perfect apart from God coming in through the grace of Jesus Christ and transforming your life by being the means by which you have any ability at all. So that's why the apostle Paul can say, I'm weak, but in my weakness, God is made strong. And so everything is countercultural there. So I think that, you know, when we, I would say the message that we get the most is probably um, get a hold of your life, do a really good job and stay up the latest and do all the work, right? And um, and don't rest because your success is up to you. Yeah. Now, we are both entrepreneurs. And so we understand that this is, I, I don't want to do a disservice and sit here and be like, and so therefore, you know, every day I completely <laughs> clock out at 4 p.m. and I just rest all night. No, there are seasons when we are working our Batuties off and, you know, answering every email, getting on the plane and doing the work that we have to do in person, fixing things, correcting things, hustling. Hustling is not always a bad word, but why we're hustling and for what, to what end is what's going to affect whether we're exhausted and weary and ready to give up or whether we're motivated, encouraged, and able to keep on running. Because even God's word tells us that it's a race. The Christian walk is a race, right? Ultimately we're running the race towards our end goal. So it's not passive. It's not complacent, but why we strive. And I like to say that we strive in grace, not for grace, because um, only you, like whoever's listening, if you're like, okay, Ruth, I'm super tired. I'm super exhausted. I've been trying to get this website off the ground for a long time. I'm 25 and I just feel like I'm already behind because do you agree? Like a lot of 25 year olds literally feel like, yes. why am I not a TikTok star already? I was why like, am I not like, already on YouTube? Yeah, already? I was like 20 thinking that like, why, right? why am I not getting this job that I like, you know, or it's why don't like, I already hey. make a million dollars putting my content <laughs> out there? I hope I'm getting this right. But I think 
the young women in our generation are experiencing an unrealistic view of what success is, but they're told constantly that it's up to you. You have to take the right classes. You have to learn about a funnel. You have to sign up with the right people. You have to network right. You have to do the right things on social media so that the algorithm will like you. It just goes on and on and on. And when I tell you the biblical perspective, girls, I'm not saying to some big ethereal, non-applicable theology here. I'm saying until you realize that Christ died so that you would not have to kill yourself to be loved and known on social media. That's the truth. And until you receive that grace from God, you will be running that hamster wheel forever to earn other people's favor. Absolutely. And I, from my own personal experience, receiving the grace, like, because I feel like as believers too, we know it's there, but actually like receiving it into our, in our brains um, requires rest. And as you mentioned before, I think use the word rest as though like, Oh, you're just sleeping all day. It's like, no, you're taking five minutes of your day to seek Mm -hmm. the Lord. And in a rest, I have found so much revelation because Mm -hmm. I finally was like, that's where he will speak to you the most, you know, he's like, not when you're busybody trying to do everything yourself, right. but in the moment where you give him the priority and there's so many and true rest is both physical and spiritual. Right. And I like to think of rest, even turning off my phone and going to bed at night is acknowledging that God is God. And I'm not right. Rest really, even those five minutes you just talked about is a moment where we say, I'm going to realign with the truth that I am not the hero and I'm not the one who controls everything in my life. That no matter how hard I work, I am still surrendered to a God who has my days numbered and has a plan for my life and is in the business of transforming me, even though I'm like trying to get on this five-step program to make sure that I become such and such. But God actually is the one who promised that in grace, he would make us more like him. Like that is called sanctification. Just a big fancy word for we are in in Christ being made more like him day by day. That's the biggest transformation, self-improvement there ever was. And it doesn't depend on you. Yeah. Amen. Amen. So how did this message that you're talking about, is this kind of go into the book? Because the whole book is about striving and, and, and God's grace. So what is that? What is the overall message that you want to convey to yeah. readers um, and, and give them that, that encouragement to. Yeah. My biggest, my biggest desire is that you would walk away from the book, recognizing the difference between um, working hard and striving in your life because God is so good and worthy and you're running towards the prize of him be glorified and just pleased in with you in his presence because you already have access to that. The difference between that and striving because you're looking to your left and right, constantly hoping that you'll be seen and known and loved. And I, my biggest fear is that believers would think that the gospel of Jesus Christ was enough to pluck them from the despair of hell, but that they would run to something else to sustain them to heaven. So my biggest hope is that through the stories that I tell, I get pretty personal and honest in this book about um, the ways in which I did not feel like I belong as I was growing up, the ways I sought approval, the fear of missing the mark, the disappointment in myself and in others, and how much the try harder regime can overtake your life. The idea that you should just try a little harder, that everybody else should try a little harder. Mm -hmm. 
when God's word basically lays down the whole framework for how we will never measure up. Mm -hmm. And that sounds like bad news, which is why the good news that Jesus came so that we would be found perfect in him, that that is the good news. And I don't know about you, but um, when you realize that your identity in Christ is secure in him, even when you fail, even when you struggle, even when you doubt, even when you probably scrolled a little too long (laughs) on the explore page of your Instagram stories, it's a good moment to say, okay, I am, I don't need to leave in fear and guilt. I can realign myself with the truth that Jesus is all, and I have everything I need to be more like him and to be near to God, my creator. And when you come from that place of confidence, then everything you're searching for and everything you're wanting in life gets met and satisfied in Christ. And all those other things that you're doing, like um, clearing out your inbox, getting your house clean, um, starting a nonprofit, trying to run an Instagram account, those things just become ways in which you can steward well what God's already made true about your life. You're not trying to earn that identity. You're not trying to earn purpose and value any longer. Yeah. And then, amen. Um, So because of all of that, though, too, I feel like it's very difficult for people to live in that grace. So what, from a practical standpoint, how can we daily live in that grace, but also maybe, I don't know, get rid of, I guess, all the distractions, the noise. It's, it's, um, why do people have a hard time living in grace? I think that's why some people, because some people may not even realize within their own heart that they're struggling. I'll be honest. There's a part of me that wishes that I had written a book that gave you 10 quick and easy foolproof steps to live your best life and be grace-filled. Wouldn't that be easy? Wouldn't that be the easy button? (laughs) Here's the reality. The truth is these are some practical, practical steps. Number one, I would encourage anyone who's listening to not be satisfied simply by pointing to a verse in their Bibles and being like, this is my verse for the day. Got it. Good. I'm going to make it apply and then ignore everything else. I would encourage you not to go to Instagram, pull one encouraging meme from somebody you admire, even if it's Desiree or Ruth, like don't go to one quick Instagram post and be like, got it. That's enough for the day. Go read God's letter, love letter to you through the Bible. Start reading. And I have learned more about the grace of God simply by reading through the book of Colossians, through the book of Ephesians. Oh my goodness. Through the book of Galatians and Romans. I mean, this is where you're going to understand, start there and then find your way to the beginning and see how God's grace was coming after us from the beginning of time. When you start stop doing the quick, like junk food remedy where you're literally like, eh, I'll just eat a few chips. I'll just go and eat a quick, sweet little morsel on Instagram and be good. That will be number one. The biggest thing that will change your life is if you stop taking somebody else's words for it. So number one, I would encourage anyone listening, assess your diet. Are you just getting quick little fixes or are you actually communing and feasting in God's word. And if you don't have a desire for it, because I'm just going to raise my hand first and say, sometimes I don't desire to read God's word, go to him and just say, Lord, I'm struggling to desire this. Help me, help me start a new framework. And for me, that sometimes means that I open my dwell app and listen while I read. Sometimes it means that I go on a walk. And that would really be my number two practical point is go do something every day that reminds you that you're not in charge, that you're not God, that you're not the most creative, amazing person out there. Um, 
rocking the whole world. And for me, as a creative, as a business owner, as somebody who is followed, seen, known, and creates all the time, I go on a walk and I let myself be wowed by God. I go on a walk and everybody has access to, I don't care where you live, everybody has access to a sunset. Everybody has access to a sunrise. Go get wowed by God. Look up from your cell phone, put it down, turn it off, and just go do something every day that makes you go, holy smokes, um, he's way more creative than I am. He's more on time than I ever will be. God never sleeps on the job so that I can rest at night. So those are two very practical things. And then number three, I would just say, um, we're a culture. I'm assuming that a lot of the listeners are younger than me. So you have been raised on a steady diet of there's an easy way to avoid pain. And there's an easy way to get from point A to point B. Somebody will give you the right tools to nail it and do it right by age 25. And, um, and I just want to say it's, it's hard work. It's hard work, not work as in like, it's all up to you, but work in that don't expect it to come easy. If you have to wake up every day and remind yourself, Hey, my striving won't get me anywhere. Remember to give yourself grace by giving yourself the truth of God's word. Do it. Preach to yourself every day. I think one of the biggest lessons in my adult life is to realize that it's not a one and done. It's not that I'm behind or I failed if I have to remind myself the truth again today. So those three things would be one, um, don't get satisfied by easy fixes and junk food. Go and commune with God. Number two, get on a walk and go outside and be amazed by God. And number three, don't expect it to be easy. Preach the truth to yourself because somebody's going to be discipling you. Instagram will disciple you. YouTube will disciple you. TikTok will for sure disciple you if you let it. Go and make sure that you are being filled up with the truth and preach it to yourself when you forget. Yes, that's so good. All of those steps are so, so good. And oh, especially just taking a walk or a breather, get outside without your phone. I feel like that's just right. You don't have to multitask. You don't have to go on walk and get on all your voice memos and answer everybody's texts. You don't have to listen to a podcast and get smarter while you're on a walk. You can be in silence and use that time for prayer. Use that time to cry out to the Lord and say, my life is a mess and I don't know what to do about it. Use that time for some silence and the rest that you were talking about earlier. Yeah, that's so good. So I just love everything that we're talking about. I feel like we could go on forever, but with your book, I want people to know where they can find it and also your other books and your artwork because your artwork is beautiful. So how can people follow along and get encouraged more by all of your Thanks so much. I would be super honored to interact with you on a daily basis through Instagram at Ruth Joe Simons. That's my profile name, R-U-T-H-C-H-O-U-S-I-M-O-N-S. You can learn more about my company and my work, my artwork through gracelaced.com and we're on social media as well. And then you can learn all, find any of my books on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, Target, um, but you can learn more about it at ruthjoesimons.com as well. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much, Ruth, for joining me today and just sharing so much, just so much grace. <laughs> with, Thanks so with much for having me. Yeah. And um, I look forward to seeing what all else you do and where God takes you. Thank you. I was blessed for being here. Yeah. Thank you. All right. So how awesome is Ruth? I just love her soft-spoken voice, but just so wise and so much insight. So I truly hope you go pick up her book and give her a follow. She's the sweetest person ever. But I also just want to leave you with a prayer. So 
Dear Heavenly Father, I just thank you for this day. I thank you for the minds and the hearts and the souls of everyone listening, Lord God. You know what desires we have in our heart. You know what dreams you have put into our heart, Lord God. I pray that we understand and we take a look at our life and we take a look at what we are doing and and how we are trying to achieve all that we want, Lord. We lay it down right now. We pray, Father God, for you to take lead, Lord God. We give you all of our life. We surrender it Lord, right now at the foot of the cross, Father, we pray for your goodness, for your plan, for your timing to be what leads us and to what guides us. We pray, Father God, against any distractions right now. We pray that we will not be distracted by this world, but we will be transformed by the renewing of our mind and that we will trust you we will trust that you know what's best for us that you have a plan for us we will hold on to that hope and that joy and that love and we will move forward with might we will move forward with clarity we will move forward with faith and we love you lord so very much we thank you for all that we have in our life we thank you for our job we thank you for our skills we thank you for our family and our friends and we just love you and adore you and we just praise your holy name today amen have a beautiful beautiful day and don't forget to tune back in on thursday for the fourth episode of my ignite series we are going to discuss this same topic a little more in depth with some verse and some encouragement so tune back in thursday and then again next week we will have another awesome guest with another ignite series so don't miss it make sure you're signed up for the newsletter so that you know when the episodes hit and just so that we can connect and become the community that I know God wants us to be. Um, If you haven't yet, I also need to let you know, go pick up my book, The Road to Roses, where you will learn more about my life and the encouragement. And honestly, just you'll understand more about my heart for the Lord and why I love him so much and why I am so inspired to, to do this podcast and to just bring hope to the lives of everyone. So thank you so much for all of your support. I truly appreciate it. And I hope you have a fabulous day till next week. Bye.